everyone. Welcome back to the If It Fits podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Payne. And I'm your other host, Michelle Jane. So in this podcast, slightly different one today, we're going to be answering your questions. So Jessica and I put some uh, Instagram stories up to um, ask our questions you want to ask. So we've had quite a few in. So just going to go straight into it and going to go into question one. So question one is off one of my clients, membership client who is doing the home workouts. So this is for Rianne. So her question is, if I aim to train two to three times a week, should I do one upper, one lower, and one full body or one hit training? And should I be making a note of what I'm doing? Now, for those who don't know, my membership plan is just basically a Facebook group where you get access to the, the recorded live workouts. So Rianne, it, it all depends what your goal is. Personally, what you're doing at the minute, one upper, one lower, one full body, means that you're training all parts at least twice a week. So if that works for you and that's in line with your goals, then that's absolutely fine. Um, should I be making a note of what I'm doing? I do recommend all my clients do make a note of their training. Most of my clients have got a logbook, so I've got uh, personalized logbooks. Um, so again, it, it depends what your goal is. You can feel free to message me in the group. Let me know what your goal is and I'll help you make a plan on what workouts to do. But what you're doing at the minute, so if you can only train three days a week, one upper, one lower and one full body um, slash hit is absolutely fine. Um, so just continue doing that and then make a note. So the number of the, the workouts, they got numbers. Maybe make a note of what numbers you're doing. Um, and yeah, then make a note of progression. But I know you've got really light dumbbells, so obviously progression for you is hard in terms of the weight you can lift. So maybe just make a note of the, the rest time, how you feel during that workout. Did you finish it all? Um, so make a note of what, what workout you're doing and if you finished it or not, or if you found it hard. Go back and then make a note next time if you found it easier. Then you can see if you're progressing and if you're getting fitter. I hope that's answered your question. Awesome. I, I haven't got anything to add to that. So um, we'll go straight into question two then, shall we? Fab. So question two, we've got, can you build glutes slash bum whilst in a calorie deficit without going into a surplus? Okay, so this is an interesting question and one which I'm sure lots of uh, girls have because everybody wants to build nice glutes and bum at the moment, me included. Uh, you can, you can still build muscle whilst in a deficit, especially if you are, you know, new to training weights, for example. Sorry, my voice is going funny there. <clears throat> especially if you are new to training weights. So you're going to build up some muscle quite quickly and with quite light weights. But, you know, for optimal muscle gain, because in order to build glutes and bum or any part of your body, what you need to be doing is, um, what you technically are doing is building muscle in which case you need to be in a calorie surplus or at least at maintenance level in an ideal scenario you know you need those extra calories to go to the muscle to help build it up so that's why many people tend to go through muscle building phases and then fat loss phases throughout the year so you can go through that because it takes a long period of time as well so you're going to want a good six months i would say for a good muscle building period and you know, around about the same time for a long fat loss phase. So do you have anything to add there, Michelle? No, just want to say that during lockdown, my goal was to build my glutes. I haven't got any special equipment. I've got barbell and some dumbbells, not exactly that heavy. 
but I managed to build my glutes just from doing high volume and I put my calories up. I was under, um, but in my maintenance is around 1,009, 2,000, depending on how active I am. I put my I put my calories up to about just under three thousand, um, and I really seen a difference in my glutes in a couple of months by putting my calories up, um, and I, I gained a little bit of body fat, but obviously I was in a surplus, so that was expected. But now my glutes are where I'm happy with, so now I'm going to do a fat loss phase. So it, you need to just push through it. It, it is where people say um, they're comfortable with being uncomfortable. You, you might gain a little bit of body fat, but if you're serious about building your glutes, I would just push through that surplus phase, or at least what Jessica said, maintenance, for a good few months. And then body fat, you can just lose it again. Yeah. You can go through a fat loss phase again then, and then when you do lose your body fat, you can have some nice glutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think for, for us girls especially, it is quite scary going into that. It's scary being at maintenance you know, alone, let alone then pushing into that surplus and knowing that you're going to be gaining a little bit of body fat and not looking quite as lean as, as you once did. But as Michelle just said, you can lose fat quickly. And if your goal is truly to sculpt your body, I mean, everybody comes to us wanting, well, the, the majority of our clients want to tone up and have this lean defined look. And I'm sure everybody has this sort of goal in mind of a nice sculpted body, but that is muscle and muscle is built predominantly in a surplus. So you will see some, some progress whilst in a deficit, but you're going to get optimal results by pushing those calories up a little bit. So yeah, get comfortable being uncomfortable and, you know, just enjoy every single part of the process really. Yeah, exactly. Can. So yeah, the gaining part is part of the process as well. Yeah. Just enjoy it. It's a it's a long game. Nothing comes easily. It's a long term lifestyle. And if you just look at it like that, like uh, both Michelle and I, well, Michelle used to compete. I have never competed, but for us, it's a lifestyle. So we go through these phases anyway, whether or not we're stepping on a stage or doing any sort of competition. It's just part of life and part of sculpting that body and just making progress constantly year on year. Yeah, fab. So I think I think that one's covered. Yeah. So the next one is why putting my calories to 1,200 is not a good idea in the long run when I can stick to them. I personally got two answers for this. Um, so the first one, I'll actually answer the question. So um, why staying at 1,200 is not good in the long run? Um, but it, first of all, it depends. Being at 1,200, most people, is quite a big deficit, but it does depend on um, how small you are. If you're really a petite person, you know, short, quite slim, not very active, then maybe, yeah, 1,200 is not a massive deficit for you. But for most of us, like for me and Jessica, 1,200 is quite a big deficit. Now, for us, to, for example, if we were to stay there for the long term, you, you would get something called metabolic adaption. What that means is our bodies are very, very clever at adapting to what we do to it. So if you're staying on, you want 1,200 calories for quite a few months, your body kind of goes, whoa, I'm, I'm not going to keep burning as many calories because I'm not getting as many calories in. So your metabolism slows down based on what energy, so the food you eat is your energy. So your metabolism stops burning as much energy because it's not getting as much energy. So it's called metabolic adaption. So if you're, you're at that 1,200 calories for quite a while, you'll probably find that you'll plateau. So you'll stop seeing results. You'll, you'll stop burning body fat. 
you're going to have to start adding a lot, a lot of cardio just to burn one pound of fat. Um, so yeah, in a long run, it's not that good because your body will just adapt to it. So what you need to do then, um, before I go into like the reverse diet, have you got anything to say on that, Jess? No, no, that's fine. So what you need to do then is reverse diet. Um, a reverse diet is where you then increase your calories slowly. So your metabolism increases with it. So you're still burning body fat and your body fat stays the same. So if you, if you're on 1,200 calories for quite a while and you just put yourself back up to maintenance, you're going to gain a lot of fat fast. You need to reverse diet. This is why it's good to have a coach, a coach, uh, a good coach knows how to reverse <laughs> diet a client, a client back up to maintenance. Now me and Jessica have done this quite successfully with quite a few clients. Um, just an example is Sally Gooden. I know Sally's going to be listening. We've done this quite successfully with Sally. Sally was on, Sally's quite, quite tall. So we did diet it down to 1,300 calories, which is quite low for Sally. But to get that last bit of body fat, she had to do it. And her cardio was quite high, but she wasn't there for long. We've then spent the last year, Sally probably didn't know she was on a reverse diet, but that's what I've been doing. Every time she checked in, every so often I put calories up, the cardio went down. She was at a position not long ago. She was on, we got her up to, I think it's 2,200 calories and she didn't gain one pound of fat. So the, the weight she was at when she was on 1,300, we managed to keep her there and build her calories up to 2,200 whilst maintaining her weight. And her physique has changed massively in that time. She built muscle. So if you're at 1,200 and you're getting results and you can stick to it, you can adhere to 1,200 and carry on. If you're at a place where you're on 1,200 and you're no longer getting results, you need to increase your calories. You need to reverse diet slowly so you don't gain any fat. Now, I've got another answer. A lot of people that come to me and Jess saying they're on 1,200 calories and not actually on 1,200 <laughs> calories. They think they are. But what happens, you wake up Monday morning, you're motivated, you cut your calories down to 1,200, you do loads of cardio, you get your steps in, and then the weekend comes, or maybe you've managed to survive the weekend, and next weekend comes, you can't adhere to 1,200. It's not enough to have some pizza, it's not enough to enjoy some wine. Do you think sod it? I'm going to enjoy this weekend. On a Friday, you have a glass of wine and some pizza. Saturday, you have a Chinese. Sunday, you have a Sunday <laughs> dinner and a dessert. Monday comes, start again. Right, I'm on it now. I'm going to go back to 1,200 calories, do loads of cardio. Then the weekend comes, and you have pizza and a glass of wine. Now, by going off plan on the weekend, you take yourself out of 1,200 calories over the week. So you're not actually on 1,200 calories. Now, that, doing that... It's just a vicious circle of over-restricting, overeating, over-restricting, overeating. And um, it's a place that me and Jessica has been um, for quite a long time that we were doing that. It's not a really good place to be. So you're much better off increasing your calories. Obviously, everyone's different. Let's just say, say a 500 calorie deficit for you is 1,500 calories. You're better off eating 1,500 calories because you can adhere to it. And me and Jessica have loads of clients come to us thinking they're on 1,200. We put them up, let's say we put them up to 1,600 and they go, oh my God, I can't believe I'm losing weight eating more. You're not eating more. You're actually eating less. It feels like you're eating more, but you're actually adhering 
to your diet now. You're actually adhering to the calories that we put you on. So if you're someone that's on 1,200 and you haven't been there that long, you won't have metabolic adaption. The chances are you're not actually on 1,200 calories. So you'll be much better off putting your calories higher so you can adhere to it and then you'll find you lose weight. Have you got anything to say on that, Jess? Well, no, that was absolutely perfect, to be honest. Uh, like you said, we see it all of the time, quite often, well, on my assessment form that people have to fill in, I usually ask, you know, do you know what calories you're currently eating? Quite often it's, well, I, I stick to 1,200 calories, so I get in contact with them. I'm like, wait, how long have you been sticking to these calories for? Oh, well, I do it for a few days, but then I struggle, and then I fall off, and I'm like, okay, so that tells me you're not on 1,200 calories then. So that means I know I can put your calories up and you are going to stick to it. And like you said, people always start thinking, wow, I didn't realize I could diet on such little calories. And it is because they've just got out of that restriction, over restriction, and then build binging cycle, which isn't good psychologically. It's not good for anybody. It's not good for the body. It's just not good for your well-being because it just makes you feel negative and it has makes you have this negative perception then on dieting and it makes it feel complicated. Whereas, you know, even if, if you're, 500 calorie deficit was 1500 and even if you're struggling on that even if we put it up to 1700 calories yes your pro your fat loss process is going to be a little bit longer but if you can stick to it and just make it a lifestyle thing then that's so much better than constantly falling off the wagon binging falling off binging it's just um think of the long game think of overall health and remember the the journey is all about your mental well-being as well when we talk about being healthy, yes, it's about losing fat and having your body in that position, but it's also your mind and people want to enjoy life and enjoy the social life. And part of that is being social, sociable, being able to go out with your friends, enjoy a nice meal. If your calories are high enough where you're in a position to do that, that's going to have an overall really positive impact on your health, your mental well-being, and it's going to make you want to keep going and keep you you know, motivated to keep pushing on and sticking with the process and just enjoying it and really seeing that it's part of life. So yeah, it's, um, tw I mean, I can't imagine being on 1200 calories. I could be disgusting. <laughs> I couldn't live on. I'm I did struggling with my 1600 prep. at the moment. I'm, I struggle on that. And I, I don't think I could put myself any lower than 1600. I struggle on 1600. Not for a long I'm period anyway. It's just I couldn't fit I couldn't fit my two breakfasts in on one thing. Well, exactly. <laughs> I I would always rather to uh, increase my output more, but you know, twelve hundred calories. Nobody wants to be doing that forever. Like Michelle said, sometimes if somebody's goal is to get super lean, then of course you're going to have to push yourself and and go through a period of being uncomfortable and being a bit hungry temporarily. But it's about then having that process of you know getting out of it in a nice healthy manner without binging and, and and doing all of the hard work that you've just done for months before but that actually brings us into the next question which you've kind of already answered michelle which was why should you reverse diet after a fat loss phase so i think you've described that quite well you know we have this metabolic adaptation and and part of it is in order to sustain the results what what we want is for people to be able to sustain the results that they get so it's all right doing the dieting phase and achieving these results. But if you don't have that plan of the reverse diet to get yourself back out of it, then 
you are likely to gain it back. You know, we can instill these healthy Fast. habits and yeah, you're likely to just start falling back into old habits and doing it. It's, yes, it can be a long process because you've still got a track. It still, of course, means tracking calories, but your body will thank you for it so much. And when you build back up to those maintenance calories and, you know, where you're able to eat much higher calories than you were before, you can be happy, enjoy life, you're sustaining your results. I mean, that's the ultimate goal that everybody wants. Nobody wants to be yo-yo dieting forever and constantly like, oh, right, I need to gain 12, I need to lose 12 pounds now because I'm going on holiday in a few weeks time. And then you go on holiday and then you come back and you don't diet again. And then you gain it all back. And then you book another holiday a few months later. Oh God, I need to diet down again. Imagine not being in that cycle and just mm. sustaining <laughs> what you've done Indeed. the first time around, you know? then you can go on these holidays and go through these short periods of time where you're not tracking. And, and over time, of course, once you get back up to maintenance, you've successfully reversed dieted out. You can, you sort of get a better understanding of the calories. You, you don't have to track forever. You'll have a much better idea of the um, amounts of food that you're eating, your portion sizes and all of that. So it, we're not saying you have to track forever, but for a while, it's beneficial just for you to get that understanding and get yourself out of that dieting phase and really sustaining it forever. And, and as you said, Michelle, that's why having a coach is really good for all of, you know, for the whole, the whole process really for the losing the fat. And even more importantly, I would say the getting out of the diet is that's yeah, exactly. the hardest bit. I think um, where people can, people get a bit nervous increasing calories and they don't know what to do. How often should I do it? And having somebody there to help guide you through the process, I think is, is so much better. I've just reverse dieted a female. And, and another reason why should you reverse diet after a fat loss phase? I mean, when you get down to these extreme levels of um, being lean and shredded, you know, to the point where your veins are showing you're at a very, very low body fat percentage, females lose their, periods quite often you know girls who are doing competitions um their bodies are just not working optimally you know hormone function isn't working very well and that's so important you need to think about overall health as well yeah. you know if you're a female and you want children in the future losing your periods and constantly being at that really low level of body fat isn't good for anyone it's so important to spend a significant period of time throughout the year in that maintenance in that maintenance um, period, in that maintenance phase, I've just reversed dieted a client out now who hadn't had regular periods for years. She's before she came to me, she'd been dieting for a long time. She trained super, super hard. She'd got down to very low body fat percentage, looks incredible, but she really needed help. So as soon as she came to me, we've just done a six month reverse diet and we pushed into a surplus as well. And she had to gain a couple of pounds in order to get her body back to optimal health she still looks really lean you know she's still got all of her shape she's just got a tiny bit of extra body fat um you know to a point where she was comfortable with but her periods came back oh a few months ago now and now we're at a point where they're regular so they've got back to a regular position and she said to me you know they haven't been regular for years and years so we know now that we've got her body back to a state of optimum health and the idea now is that she does want to diet down and have a little cut in phase for summer. So we're going to cut her down really slowly over the next sort of 12 to 16 weeks. 
just cutting calories by 50 a day or what, whatever it is, or 50, you know, for the week. Uh, we'll keep monitoring over time and we'll cut her calories down, but hopefully keep them really high because the more you do this process, usually for most people, the lower, uh, the higher you can keep your calories in your fat loss phase next time around. So we hope we don't have to reduce her calories so low next time and we'll cut down and then we'll do another reverse diet and we'll try and get her calories even higher next time. So it's about being sensible and thinking of overall health and not just I want to look good and lose this fat yeah and if you lose your periods that's a sign of something's wrong like yeah that's not normal um that's a sign of you need to go and get your bloods done go and see a doctor and maybe hire a coach because you're probably just being too low of calories for too long but losing your periods is a sign of something wrong so if you're someone that has I'd go and see a doctor yeah 100% definitely so that takes us on to the next question so how to stay motivated to exercise you're not <laughs> you're not going to stay motivated to exercise especially being at home is so hard to motivate yourself to get oh, up and exercise so hard I, so, I i don't like home training i gotta be honest no it's, it's not really for don't. me but i do it so how to stay yeah. motivated first of all you need to get into a routine so i always say to my clients um set days and times that you train and stick to them so you get into a routine and it becomes a habit so say for instance you've signed up to a coach you're all excited you're starting on monday you've got a brand new plan it doesn't take long for that new plan excitement to wear off so after a few weeks you're doing the same exercises at the same time same day you're bored of doing your sumo squats you're bored of doing the same lunges the the new plan um excitement is worn off um but it doesn't last forever. You're not always going to be motivated. Motivating, being motivated is a feeling. It's a bit like feeling sad, feeling happy. You're not always happy. You're not always sad. You're not always angry. You're not always going to be motivated. You're going to need to learn to be disciplined. And at the beginning, creating habits. So creating set days, set times. Um, so it just becomes a thing. Like say Monday morning, nine o'clock is when I usually train. That's my training time. So even if I don't feel like it or not, I just do it. Um, it's just become a habit now. So you're not always going to be motivated. Your workout plan is not always going to be exciting. Um, but you just need to learn to be disciplined and get those things done. Tick those boxes on the days that you you don't want to do it. That's how you're going to get results. Say for instance, you signed up to Jessica's eight week plan. You're not every single day of those eight weeks, you're not going to be motivated to stick to calories. You're not going to be motivated to train. You're not going to be motivated to do anything some days. But to get the results within those eight weeks, you're going to need to stick to your plan and do it anyway. Yeah, 100%. That's exactly what I say to my clients is about planning. You know, even if you plan it each week, what have I got coming up this week? Right, which days am I going to do my workouts on? Right, I'm going to do upper this day, lower that day it's just about making it non-negotiable telling your family as well. I mean, it's important for the people around you to support you in this journey and just say to them, look, this is for this one hour on that day, I'm not going to be available. That's my workout time. And then whatever we need to do around that, then we'll do it. But yeah, it's purely about being, being disciplined. And sometimes people say, you know, they don't get their steps in because, you know, it was a bit cold or a bit rainy and well, you're not going to achieve the results unless you put the effort in. You do have to put in more effort. And that is about 
doing it on the days where you're not feeling motivated is the most important. Um, you know, that's where the results start coming when you're doing it on the times that you don't really want to. And as much as I absolutely love training, I love the gym, it's my passion. I just love it so much. But of course, I have days quite often where I'm really tired and I've been working flat out in my full time job and then working on the business and then it's late and but I've got to get it done because that's leg day or it's upper body day. And if I don't do that, then the whole rest of the week gets put out. So it's just about being disciplined, getting it done, sucking it up and thinking of the results. So one thing I do say to my clients is to have something written down, um, you know, two or three points on the reasons why they signed up to the challenge or why they're working on, you know, working with us on a monthly package, for example, why are you doing this? What are the reasons you've signed up for this? Because everybody's got their own reasons, whether that's that you want to be a bit fitter to spend more time with your children running around and not getting out of breath, whether you want to be a good role model, whether you want to just feel good and body confident, write all those things down, put them somewhere visual. If you are having a day where you don't feel like doing it, take a step back, look at those, keep them somewhere where you can see them easily and really start to reevaluate then is what's going to happen if I don't do this session? Am I getting anywhere nearer to my goal? No, I'm putting myself one step back. So let's just do it because these things, these reasons why I signed up are far more important to me than not doing something when I can't be bothered. It's going to be over in an hour and I guarantee you'll feel much better. I don't think anybody does a workout that they didn't want to do and doesn't feel good afterwards. I tend to find I have an amazing session (laughs) when I can't be bothered. I afterwards think I'm so glad I did that. Your endorphins are running. It puts you in a much better mood. So yeah, you will never always be motivated. Unfortunately, I wish we would. Yeah, exactly. Okay, next question then. So we've got, do I need to take supplements alongside a good flexible diet and training plan? That's a good question. So supplements, I mean, the word is there. It's just, they're designed to be supplements. So your diet should have enough variety. It should be full of good, nutritious foods, you know, a variety of protein sources, fat sources, carb sources. If you are getting a lot of that variety into your diet, you know, it's full of color and all, all of that, then you shouldn't really need to be necessarily supplementing with too much. You know, you shouldn't have to be taking multivitamins and all that sort of thing. I think the only thing Michelle and I would recommend is for a lot of people, they don't tend to eat um, oily fish. I find anyway with, from experience, you should be eating a portion of oily fish, such as salmon, you know, at least twice a week. I would say in that case, it's good for people to supplement with an omega, a good omega-3 with a good source of EPA and, and DHA. Um, I supplement with omega-3 every single day. I do eat salmon a couple of times a week, but I just think it's a good supplement. And then the only other one I would say would be vitamin D for you know people who live in who don't live in countries that are full of sun all year round. So I supplement myself with a higher um, dosage of vitamin C throughout the winter and then I reduce it throughout the, the summer months because I'm not outside working all day. Again, you know, we, we shouldn't really be prescribing actual amounts for people to, to take. And because it's going to differ for everybody, it depends on your skin color, for example. And you know, if you're a builder who spends all day outdoors working in the sun, then your requirements are going to be are going to be lower. But 
I think that's all I would recommend. I mean, I do take a fair few supplements, but not that I would say people have to take as long as they're getting all of no, that variety same. in. Yeah, I don't um and I think the one thing that many people fall for is BCAAs. You definitely don't need to take BCAAs when when training. That's a good marketing tool. Branch chain amino acids. Um just save your money. You don't need to drink branch chain amino acids whilst training. There's very well, there's no scientific evidence that they actually work. And I think that's sold to people when they first start training. So yeah, just save your money and focus on getting, you know, a good varied diet. Do you have anything yeah, else exactly. to add to that? It's just, it's just why we tell our clients to make sure they get a good source of protein. So in the app, there's this thing now. So me and Jessica both got an app. In the app now, you can set habits. So I always, well, I've set them now to try a healthy new recipe just to encourage clients to try something new and to make sure they're getting a variety of different like vitamins, minerals, and just different sources of protein and carbs. Now we are creatures of habit. We do tend to stick this to the same meals. Um, so if you are someone that's not a client of ours, try something new. Maybe try a different fruit or a veg you don't usually eat. Try, try a different source of protein or carbs you don't usually eat. Just to make sure you're getting a variety of vitamins, minerals, and just different sources of protein, fats, and carbs, really. Um, just to get a variety in your diet. So as for um, supplements, I don't tell my clients to have them. If they come to me and, and ask me the question, then, yeah, I'll give them advice on you, if you don't eat red oily fish, take some omega-3s. And obviously, we live in sunny Wales, so maybe some vitamin <laughs> D, but... I don't prescribe them to clients because everyone's different. But so, yeah, so variety of diet. If you're getting a good variety of diet, then you don't need to waste your money on all these different supplements. And if you know someone like me, for example, when I started my, um, my fitness journey, I knew someone who owned a supplement company and the customer is a friend, but he told me I needed all these supplements. Of course, I realize now it's because he owned a supplement company. <laughs> he wanted to take my money off me, but I spent hundreds on loads of different supplements that I thought I needed, but you don't, you just need a good diet. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Totally agree. I don't prescribe supplements to my clients either, unless like you said, they ask me and then we can look at their specific diet and, you know, see where they may be lacking in areas but always recommend that variety from the diet over anything else okay yeah. what's our next question our next one is how long this is an interesting one tricky one how long does it take to see changes now there is a meme out i don't know if you've seen it so it takes four weeks for you to notice a change eight weeks for your friends and family to notice and then 12 weeks for the whole world but obviously it depends what your goal is. If you're someone that's on a fat loss plan and you've got a lot of weight to lose, you will see a difference quite quickly. Um, if you're someone who's already quite lean and you want to build muscle, the, different, the differences you see is a lot longer and a lot slower. And I've got someone now who's very, very lean and wants to build muscle. Now she's on week eight and it's only now that I took a screenshot, I took the side-by-sides and sent it to her to show her you are changing, like keep going. Um, so it's eight weeks now that she's starting to see a difference. So it it really depends on what your goal is. But I say after, if you're on a fat loss plan, after four weeks, 
you certainly will start feeling better, have more energy, but physically you'll start to feel the difference yourself. So, um, but real changes, I always say it takes a good 12 weeks. This is why Jessica and I, our monthly plans, um, we put a minimum contract in of, um, it's a minimum of three months because it does take a good, good 12 weeks, three months to see a real change. And it takes that long to build lifelong habits to um, yeah to really reach your goal. So I personally say give a new plan at least twelve weeks before you before you say it doesn't work for you or you're not seeing changes. Uh, have you given it long enough? So personally, I'd say if you're on a new plan, give it at least twelve weeks to see real changes. So Jessica and I we do have shorter term plans, so eight and ten weeks. Now they're fat loss plans. So if you stick to those fat loss plans, you will see a difference in your fat loss at the end of it. Um, but yeah, have you got anything to, to add on that, Jess? No, it just, um, I guess it depends on how much body fat you've got to lose as well. I find that if you've got more body fat to lose, then you're going to see changes quite quickly in those initial few weeks. Um, where it does start to drop and then it does sort of taper off a little bit but I think clients get a little bit disheartened sometimes you know in week one week two oh, my pictures don't look that different yes it's going to take a little bit more time than that and it's going to come it's all about that consistency over time and like like anything else you know long term is is the goal and what what is going to bring the results so yes, I think I think a few. Usually, I notice people's pictures. Most people's pictures tend to start. You start seeing a difference around four-ish weeks, and onwards. So yes, you're going to see good results in that eight weeks and ten-week plan that we've got. But that's not promising that we're going to get you a complete and utter transformation in those eight weeks. They're they're more of a a start, the beginning of your journey. It's that opportunity to build up those good habits for the eight weeks to then continue and progress in order to reach your goals. So, so yeah, it's very, it depends. It's different for everybody. Um, some people see really, really quick changes. Other people, it takes a little bit longer. I'm one of those people where it takes me longer for some reason, but it is what it is. And we just keep consistent, tick those boxes every day and we all get there in the end. Exactly. So yeah, I think we've, well, let's cover that one. Yeah. Okay. So next one we've got then is tips for staying on track whilst dieting. Okay. There's quite a few really. I mean, everybody's different and everybody likes to work in their, their own different way, of course. But I would say whilst you don't have to eat, of course, every, you know, two or three hours, I think having a bit of a structure to your day, if you are struggling to stick to a diet, setting yourself a bit of a structure um, can be really, really helpful. For example, I've had some clients who actually forget to eat and they struggle with that. Um, so I tell them, you know, okay, let's set a time for some breakfast, some lunch, some dinner, so that we're getting a bit of structure into the plan. Um, then you've got things such as keeping on top of your water intake. If you drink water, you know, a bit of water, 500 ml of water before breakfast, lunch and dinner, that can keep you fuller. And then you're looking at having a lot of volume on your meals as well, increasing your protein intake and having high volume meals, so, you know, lots of vegetables and abundance of veg. So you're going to feel fuller. You want to look for food that is more um, satiating. So that's why we, that's why protein is such a really important part of the fat loss process because protein does help to keep you 
feeling fuller for longer. I think people do start to realize that they, they always say, wow, I'm just not craving all of these things anymore. Yes, because you feel full, you feel satisfied. And that's from having the, the protein intake. Um, so what have we got there? We've got having some sort of structure, eating high volume food, you know, lots of vegetables, nutritious foods, high protein, drinking lots of water, any others you can think of there, Michelle? Also, just because you're in a dieting phase and you're in a calorie deficit doesn't mean you've got to cut out all your favorite foods. Yeah. If you're someone that loves chocolate, right, saying, right, I'm on a 12-week plan, I'm not going to eat chocolate for 12 weeks, yeah, you're not going to last. <laughs> you're not going to last 12 weeks. You're going to come to a point where you're just going to end up headfirst in a big, massive pot of Nutella, um, and then you've <laughs> eaten your daily calories in Nutella. So I would say, just because you're, in, you're dieting doesn't mean that you have to cut out all your favorite things. So if you're someone that does like chocolate, like me, for example, I always have a bar on the weekend, and it's something that I look forward to. Um, so if I was to say, right, I'm on, because I got a photo shoot, I got a photo shoot with um, AK and Kelly in, I moved it to August now, so I got enough time in the gym. Um, and I'm doing a flexible diet, so I'm prepping myself. And I am going to plan in some chocolate, so I can't go from now till August without eating it. So you just got to be clever about it. So just because you're in a calorie deficit, it doesn't mean you, you have to eat just your chicken and veg and your rice. So I would say just be a bit smart about, you know, stick to what we said before when we did the nutrition podcast about the 80%, 20% rule. So just remember that as long as you've got your 80% of your, the foods that Jessica explained, so your high protein, lots of veg um, to keep you full. And then you've got that 20% then to add in the things that, that you like. So you can stick to your diet and it is, it is maintainable. Yeah, absolutely agree with that. Um, I forgot about that one. Definitely making sure you're enjoying your foods. We work with a flexible dieting approach for our clients to be able to eat the things that they enjoy. You know, everybody likes eating different things in their own different way. So just um, eating what you like, having a little treat factored in if you feel like you need one on a daily basis, you know, even if it's a little 99 calorie chocolate bar or fiber one bar anything like that that's going to help um, keep your cravings at bay and and help keep you satisfied but I think another one that is key is prep preparation that helps keep you on track whilst dieting so I think if you're leaving it to you know go with the flow on a daily basis then you're setting yourself up for not for failure but you're more likely to to fail not hit your calories not hit your protein goal it's much more much better if you plan in advance, whether you plan your whole week ahead. I know a lot of my clients do that. They plan their whole week of evening meals and then the rest of their food, you know, their lunch, their snacks around their evening meal that they've planned with their family. Um, I personally like to plan the day before. I'm not yeah, a forward planner. I like to think, right, what am I going to eat tomorrow? Um, so I plan the night before what I'm going to eat the next day. That works well for me. So as long as you're planning and, you know, if you're, I'm working from home at the moment, so it doesn't matter. I can make food as and when I want it. But when I was in the office, it was all about um, prepping my food and having it ready with me, taking it to work with me so that I knew what I was having, not relying on having to go to the work canteen, for example, and, and just pick something random up. So yeah, prepping and planning in advance is key as well. It just takes this the stress out of yeah. the day, doesn't it? It makes You don't have to think about it then because you've already planned it. Yeah, so, we don't mean like prep your food and eat cold food all the time. No. We don't mean like cook it all in one go and then eat 
cold, warmed up food, I mean, that's not for everyone. It's just knowing what you're eating. So maybe today, plan what you're having for dinner tomorrow. And if there's, if you want some, I don't know, um, let's say some chicken, you've got chicken in the freezer, just get it out of the freezer. So it's just yeah. planning ahead. We don't mean cook all your food and eat cold food. Eat it that's not for everyone. <laughs> yeah. No, just, just plan it just so that you know what you're having so that you've got time to fiddle around with your protein target and make sure that you're going to get all of your protein in, you know, it's um, much easier. Fab. So I think we'll do one more question and then the other questions then we'll keep for um, uh, next time. So we'll do this again in a few weeks time. So we'll, we'll do one more question. So I think we'll, I'll cover this one. Um, so the, the last question, if I am only managing, 300 <laughs> calories a day is this okay no no <laughs> it's not how are you living <laughs> if you were on 300 calories a day you would probably be in hospital yeah with my nutrition, nutrition. <laughs> definitely so you probably were not eating 300 calories. you think you're eating 300 calories a day because maybe you're not um tracking correctly or if you are eating 300 calories a day, then you're not going to be getting the nutrients that you need to survive. You're going to be tired, lethargic, looking ill. You're, you're going to have um, brittle nails, dull skin, um, dull hair. Um, and never mind the things that's going on inside your body. <laughs> yeah, you're going to make yourself really ill by eating 300 calories a day. Your body won't survive that for long. No. So I would personally, me and Jessica both got calorie calculators on our link tree on our Instagram, um, pop on there and work out your calories. Um, and yeah, and, and whatever that says, it's, it's not gospel, but maybe look at putting your calories up just for health reasons. Yeah. hundred percent. And in this situation, if you are eating very low calories, I mean, it might be good to seek seek some expert advice, you know, from yeah. somebody who deals with because this sort of hints at maybe eating disorder territory, which is something that a coach wouldn't be working with anyway. No, you, so, you need to go to a doctor and, yeah. and see it, and they'll refer you to like a dietitian, which me and Jessica are not we're not dietitians. No, get expert advice on that. But I would say it's more likely that what you just said, Michelle, is that this person, if if you know they are sticking to 300 calories a day, um, I would say that they well, probably not. She says not. on a question, some days. If I eat 300 right. calories some okay. days, is that, is that okay? Well, if you look at it like that then, so if it's not every day, then I guess without knowing what the rest of the week looks like, that's really hard to answer. For, it's for still all quite the... low though, isn't it? To, if it, it, is, it, it is, is low, but um, obviously people do intermittent fasting and these alternative alternate day fasting things don't they which i looked into it depends how many some days is if it's like exactly. maybe one, one day a week when yeah that might be okay but if we're talking like three or four days a week then no yeah. and how much your calories you're eating on the other days it's so hard for us to give an answer on that without you know the rest of the context behind it so if you have got any more context behind that question send it in and we'll do a little update um on the next question and answer session that we do but but no we would probably say in most cases no it's not okay but it depends on the rest of it but yeah i think that's all we were gonna go through today michelle 
Yeah, I think that's it. So we have got a couple of questions left. So we're going to do this question um, and answer podcast every couple of weeks. So feel free to send your questions in and we'll add it to the list. We have got about four left. So it will take us well over an hour if we answer them all. So what we'll do, we'll keep those for next time. So feel free to ask me and Jessica any questions, send them into our inbox on Instagram. So our handles will be on the um, bottom of the podcast. So any questions you have or any topics you want us to cover, um, please send them over and we'll be happy to, um, to answer any questions. Yep. And once again, thank you so much for all of the support that you've given us for listening to our podcast and recommending it to your friends and family. Please keep doing so because it's uh, getting the word out there and helping more and more people hear what we've got to say, which is hopefully valuable content for them because I know all of the people who have listened to it so far have found it really beneficial. So thank you so, so much. And we will be back next week with our next podcast. I don't think we've discussed the topic for that yet. No, so we haven't yet. TBC. Interesting. <laughs> so yeah, if there's, send us some questions and if there's um, maybe a question, similar question that loads of people are asking, then that could be a topic for the next podcast. Or if there's a topic that you want us to cover, because we haven't planned one yet, then yeah, let us know and we'll be happy to cover it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's it from us today then. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you enjoy the rest of your day and uh, we'll catch up next week. That's it. Thanks everyone. Bye. Bye.